My name's Terry. Welcome to the Oddscast. Welcome to the Oddscast. Anything more? Welcome to the Oddscast. And welcome to this week's edition of the Oddscast podcast. I'm Don DeLeo, alongside Joe DeLinar, Terry Takes, producer Corey. What a week this has been, uh, particular for me personally. I just wanted to come out and say it. In the election bunker, but I had tested positive for the COVID-19 novel coronavirus Hepatitis. Oh. last week. And due to HIPAA, we did not disclose that on the pod. Um, but now that... Yeah, we did. Wait, time out. We didn't disclose it on the pod. But I went on Twitter two hours after the pod, and you tweeted, "Fuck you, Donald Trump! I have COVID." <laughs> <laughs> so, and uh, you know, we recommend. I I had I had like ninety percent oxygen in my brain, so I I could not be held responsible for the logic that was going through my mind at that point. It's Fair. fun living with that logic for a little, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so everyone, everyone, Venmo request Dom if you followed him on his picks. <laughs> yeah, he'll be issuing refunds to anybody. Well, first does insurance off, cover that? First off, the Chargers. Well, how much is the copay? The Chargers blew a unbelievable game, and I would have been two and one if that did not happen. So I'm if, blaming. If, if the Chargers had more fans and people actually cared about them. Like the narrative would be the same. Like they're worse than the Falcons. I was gonna say they're the Falcons of the AFC. Like the Falcons are the Chargers of the East Coast, but no one cares about the Chargers, so they just fly under the radar and get no scrutiny. For like a Falcon, they fly game. under the radar like a Falcon. And um, the COVID. So obviously, COVID happened for me last week. <laughs> We had some big NFL games, and then we run that right into the presidential election, which I don't know what they're going to be able to call tonight, but I think, and I've been saying this since this morning in my just 30-hour nonstop political data feast of just (laughs) political cocaine and totalitarian and anxiety mix um i've been saying that this is a formality at this point and one network just has to have some you know pony up and and call it once there's a projection in pennsylvania or georgia or nevada which it looks like is going to be the case um but any thoughts on last night uh, or two nights ago, rather, when we saw the collective Twitterverse and the collective gambling uh, world lose their fucking minds for two hours, and yeah. then we're <laughs> like, where I think Biden Before went we up. Touch that. What kicked your ass more? Thirty hours of nonstop politics, or eight days of coronavirus? Oh, eight days of coronavirus, no question. Okay. I you would, I you would take another I, thirty hours. I live. I live for the 30 hours of data I just crunched. Um, you think you would have enjoyed it more if you didn't have COVID? I think I should have been a pollster guy because oh. 
they don't they don't really have much standards. Nate Silver it's just so gets wrong. Nate Silver <laughs> just gets bitch slapped on Twitter every four years, and he's not really that wrong. Like I had a t- so I I think that the poll like the polls in the Midwest are just gone. Like that they're, they're in, irreparably broken. Like they're just they're they're gone. Like there's no way that um 17 points there's a 17 point poll for biden in wisconsin a week before the election and he wins by 0.6 like yeah that's insane that's insane it's they're just they're so fucking far off but in the southwest like arizona like that's one bad poll no no no, but but it was like a nine like a six to seven point swing in the Midwest, everything else is kind of fine. Like Biden right now, I mean, he's going to win Georgia unless something like, yeah. crazy changes. That poll was right. Like, are we going to set and like Nate Silver was getting shit for that poll not being they're like, no way Georgia's a toss up. Arizona Democrats actually at this point outperformed their polls. So except for the Midwest, like things were not, you know, obviously it wasn't this blue wave election where that was indicative of biden being up nine points nationally but he's going to comfortably win the election in my opinion more than trump did in 2016 so i think well i think part of why the betting market was going all over the place too is if you think about it the the market was being set outside the united states it's not being set in the United States. So even the books or the people that are betting on it aren't necessarily the most attuned to what the fuck's going on in American politics either. Well, um, people in America aren't attuned to what's going on in American politics. Well, that either. too. But I'm saying like even more so, like if you're out of the country, like you probably really don't know what the fuck's going on. So you just see these big leads. And then like we, you know, there's this whole, the whole issue with the mail-in votes when they were being counted and then why there's certain leads. And then those leads are, we were like looking at, we're like, well, that lead's going to go away. We, so, but the, but the thing is like, we knew this was going to happen. Like we knew all we, the guy. Yeah, no, I know. I know. Like, but yeah. <laughs> for the listeners who maybe did not know, like election experts were saying this is what was going to happen because the Trump one campaign told their voters that mail-in ballots were frauds and you shouldn't use oh. them. You, t- you talk to any random Trump supporter off the street, they were told you, I guarantee it, nine times out of ten, they were saying, oh, I'm going to vote on election day. Like, I don't need to go mail my ballot. That's why there's like 90% breaks in mail-in ballots to Biden because the one candidate told the supporters not to use mail-in ballots. And a lot of these states, as Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, could not start counting ballots the day until the day of the election which was stupid but that was a state law that they could not fix and you have you know 40 80 year olds counting 7 million ballots it's not going to happen in 24 hours (laughs) no like well that's what i'm just saying like that i think think well people just don't like betting markets are meant to get people to to bet in to bet it's not a projection or a prediction so but kind of dumb when people are like oh well went this way and that went that way well that's the thing i think i think for two for two hours when the initial polls came through there were a decent portion of this new wave of gambling um people i guess people gambling faces clay travis one of them um who were who were using the 
pull, they were using the odds as the legitimate barometer for how the election was playing out. Yeah, I mean, and it made no sense either because they had like there was a point where Trump was the favorite, but then he was then but Biden was the favorite individually in like Wisconsin, Minnesota, Arizona, like every state that Trump needed to win. So it's like even if you look at it that way, like you can't use those betting markets as a barometer. So like, please don't move forward. If you want to, if you want to smile, go to Clay Travis's Twitter and go back to two days ago and watch just how the tone changes when he's talking about uh, Trump being up minus 600. And then he actually said at one point, um, right after that, when things started to come in, when Fox news called Arizona, which kind of, I think changed the whole doomsday outlook for a lot of people on Twitter and kind of calmed everything down. He says, Oh, Trump or Trump needs to win two out of these four states. Biden needs to win three out of these four states. As of right now, we have as of we're recording this, Fox News has called all those three states for Biden. So in his own tweet, he says it's over, but is now not saying it's over because it's a day later and he's still hanging on for dear life. So it's funny. Yeah. In in uh in like podcast news, Dom and I are uh, we entered into the DraftKings election pool. And there were 12 picks that you had to make. And it looks like one of us is going to go 12 and like 12 and 12 and the uh, 12 out of 12. And the other one's going to go 11 out of 12 because our only difference was who wins North Carolina. So uh, we'll let you know how that goes, too. But um, yeah, and they they had a lot of people in that. And I think the pool was like one hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, it was like four hundred thousand people were in it. And the pool is one hundred thousand dollars. So right now we're both eight and eight. And uh, I think there's like 20,000 people with eight and eight. So we'll see, because it's not counting a winner and only 40% of people had Biden on it. So, I mean, it's like, you know, with that type of pool, we've talked about this before, if you're doing daily fantasy, because that's kind of a corollary for what this is Mm -hmm. really big. Like you need to be a little bit contrarian. So uh, like when they, when DraftKings tweeted out that every state except for Colorado had Trump winning a majority of the people like picking it, it was like, it was a no brainer. You had to go the other way, whether you necessarily thought it or not. It, if you're trying to be contrarian in that type of contest, that was the only way to win. Yeah. I mean, maybe we'll win a couple bucks. We'll see. I think, like you said, 11 out of 11 is possibility. I think for both of us. And I think it's North Carolina is going to be the toss up. Um, there's really not been a lot of news on North Carolina recently, but I just think it's not really, um, in the kind of pathways to victory for either candidate right now. Um, The, the, I will, I, the last thing I will touch on is that I want to get Terry's Terry's take on five dimes because I have likely a 306 to 232 um, electoral vote and a 290 232 and or or 248 and that is right in the range where you would have won a lot of money before five dimes shut down and kicked you off the platform yes uh five dimes explicit attempts uh to prevent me from winning money uh not not gonna cash those tickets um you know i was winning um and then you know Obviously, they shut down because they didn't want to pay me. I broke, I broke them. So, it's it's a bummer. It's better than losing money, though. Yeah, 
and I, you know, I got a refund, which I didn't think I was going to get. So, Very you know, I, I'll take my victories. You got to look at the glass half full. That's a good um, Yeah. No, I, I just think it's, uh, it sucks that we're not going to get to cash those tickets. No, Mo- it, because like uh, we would have lost or something. Something weird would have happened. Yes, just because of that. Yes, Jesus would have come down from heaven and given us uh, COVID cures and anointed Trump as his long-lost cousin. <laughs> and he would have won the election 538 to zero. <laughs> What a take. <laughs> uh, moving on to the NFL, I'm sure you're a little electioned out by now. Um, the SPY, odds versus SPY segment. How did we do last week? We went four and five. Does anyone have the updated numbers? Uh, yes, I'm just getting some new numbers out of my computer. Uh, or 24, 11, and 1. 29.4 ROI. Uh, the spot closed at 243 and change today. It's up $2.78. That's a 0.82% ROI. New variable, though, with the, the election results coming out. We'll see maybe next week. We'll have a better idea of maybe how, what the trajectory of this is going to be. Yeah. Um, again, I'm done with election talk, so (laughs) (laughs) I've been living it for the last two days. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, so we had a little bit of an off week. We'll chalk it up to, uh, medical concerns on the podcasters. Uh, Joe went two and one, Terry went one and two, and I went one and two and, I, there's a couple games I want to touch base on. First is, I guess, a couple teams I want to touch base on. The Steelers. They Love. beat the Ravens. Hold on to kind of come back and win. The Ravens looked like they were going to win that game, but the the, Rave, uh, the Steelers' defense just kind of stepped up late and really made Lamar uncomfortable. Uh, the Steelers are the only undefeated team in the NFL. They're 7-0. They sit high on the DVOA rankings in the top five. Uh, Their defense is very good. Their offense is explosive. Um, I would say they are kind of under the radar explosive. Their receivers are really good. Connor protects the ball and, you know, is a back that can catch and Roethlisberger is a pro and he knows how to win and he knows how to put his team in position to win. So I, how real are they? That's what I wanted to ask you guys. I'll let Joe go first because he's going to fucking suck off Mike Tomlin for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they're pretty legit. I mean, uh, they're the number two team in DVOA. Their defense is legit. Like this is, I think it's more or less what we expected uh, coming into the season. And uh, last year we kept saying like, over and over, they just needed, they really just needed a quarterback because they just could not score more than like 14 points a game. Um, so I think that they're legit. I do think that they, the Ravens probably should have won that game and probably should have, uh, maybe should have covered. I don't know. I felt like the, Ra- the Ravens probably should have won though. Um, I mean, they had their way with the Steelers, but you know, at the end of the day, if you're able to contain Lamar Jackson, 
throwing the ball a little bit. Like, that's kind of all you need to do. I feel like the Steelers are good. They're well coached. And uh, they have a lot of weapons, like you said, on the offensive side of the ball. So I think they're legit. I think that they – I think that we had this right preseason. Are they, are they the favorite to win the AFC? We go out on a limb. Hmm. Are they the number one seed by the time the playoff comes around? I, I think that because they have to play the Ravens again, maybe not. Um, I could see the Chiefs kind of – I could see the Chiefs being the number one seed. But I do think that they stay in the top three. But that's not really going out on a limb. Terry, go out on a limb for me. Do the Steelers lose this division by the end of the season? Uh, I, I could see a path for them for that happening. I think they're pretty – even with the Ravens, I may give the Ravens a, a slight edge. Um, I, th- I think they should have totally lost last week's game. Um, they – I mean – they were out gained they outgained the the Steelers two to one on yards and they absolutely had their way with them with two hundred sixty five yards on the ground. Um, I mean the thing that killed them was the four turnovers and just Lamar doing kind of some dumb things with the football, which I guess Pittsburgh's kind of his kryptonite over the course of his young career. Um, but even looking at the Titans game, they you know, lose a turnover battle there and they Kind of, they gave up what twenty something unanswered points in a row. Mm-hmm. They probably should have lost that game. So, uh, they're kind of like, in my mind, like the Seahawks of the, <laughs> of the AFC, where they're definitely talented on one side of the ball because their offense really isn't that great. Um, like Ben threw for one hundred seventy-two yards. Yeah, um, I think they're just sneaky. They're so sneaky. It's one side of the ball, so it's it's. I don't know. I don't think I, I I think the Ravens could win the division. Uh, I agree. I do. I do think the Ravens win the division. I think that there's been a decent amount of turnover luck, at least. You know, their defense is good. Like they get pressure, the, probably the best in the league. But you know, the Ravens had some pretty boneheaded plays at the end of that game to lose it in the turnover battle. Um, I think they're deceptively, you know, explosive. Like I said, the receivers can break one Claypool, I think is a stud and I think he's going to be a star. Um, but I agree. I think the Ravens have a shot. The Browns, I don't like without Odell. Um, I think they just lack the explosiveness to stay with teams and Baker just the Baker's an issue for them. <laughs> I'm not going to put it, uh, you know, I'm not going to put it lightly. The Browns have some really hard thinking about whether Baker Mayfield is their franchise quarterback um, and if they can win and compete in the playoffs with Baker Mayfield as their quarterback. So they are at five and three, so you could be in worse spots. Uh, a couple other hold quick. On, hold on, hold on. I mean, the one thing I, I will say before you listen to this and take our advice to heart and go rush to bet the Ravens to win the AFC North is that um, the Ravens losing Ronnie Stanley for the year is a huge blow to them. So it's, it's, it's not, it really affects their offense. Uh, it, it's that the, the Steelers could win it, you know, having two games up on the Ravens right now and just kind of by default. Get there. Yeah. 
Okay. The I actually let's talk about a division because I think we're going to cover this in our draft. We're going to cover all the other teams um, and divisions I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about the NFC North. Uh, I know curveball. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Packers five and two, Bears five and three, Lions three and four. All these teams lost last week. Um, the Packers lost to the Vikings in a blowout um, against the Vikings. The Bears lost close game hosting the Saints, and then the Lions lost against the Colts off a bye. Are the Packers still the prohibitive favorite in this division? And is there any way you can see another team that is not the Packers winning this division by the time week 17 comes around? Terry, you go. Uh, no, I don't see another team winning. I think the Packers, again, the Bears can't score, and it's pretty awful. Um, and I think they does, – does Mitch give them anything different in terms of passing than Nick Foles? Uh, probably not. He's just, you know, an athlete, so he can make some plays and maybe give him a spark on offense. But I, I think just the Packers – by default with Matt Stafford, you know, going on the COVID list. I think the Vikings are, you know, obviously packing it in. I mean, there's, they just beat the Packers, but I don't think they have enough to, you know, make up this crazy gap as they're two and five. Um, so I, I know the Packers are missing Bakhtiari out this week and, you know, maybe for another week or so. Um, but, it's Aaron Rodgers. I'll take Aaron Rodgers against, you know, a division with Nick Foles, Matt Stafford, and Kirk Cousins. Yeah. You know, Terry or Joe, Terry had said that the Sorry, Sorry, I froze for a little bit there. Terry said that the Steelers were like the Seahawks of the AFC. I think the Packers are like the Seahawks in that they can't play defense. They have the 29th ranked defense in DVOA, and they are sitting as prohibitive favorites in their division. What could go wrong? For the Packers? Yeah, they have the third worst defense in the league. The I just fourth, don't third or fourth. I mean, I I don't know. I like I I don't think the Packers are particularly good either. Like I I just don't get that feel from them, like just watching them play. Uh but I mean, if anybody goes down, like if Devontae Adams goes down, we've seen them even this week, you know, guys are getting hurt or they're on the COVID list. Um, if their offense doesn't put up points, uh, you know, they're gonna be in trouble in any game. So you're, you can kind of let some of these teams back in there that aren't good and, you know, kind of push you a little bit because your defense is so bad. So I don't, I don't really see the Packers making a deep run at all. Um, they might, I think they continue to win the division just because the rest of the division is not good. Um, and I think it's more of a testament to the NFC North than to the Packers necessarily being good. I will say that the you bring up a good point with the Niners this week with COVID. And we'll talk about this just briefly before we head into the picks. What happens? Like, is there a chance in your mind that the NFL does not finish the season out? Because we're seeing COVID 
first nationally, both in the NFL and on this podcast. Um, and there is a growing just worry, I think, among schedule in the scheduling concerns. I think like like the, the I think the 49ers, there was some tweet that nobody that touched the ball in the Super Bowl last season uh, is gonna play. Yeah. And now Ayuk's out, um, Trent Williams is out, like there's not a lot of, and then you get Matt Stafford later in the week uh, that completely changes the line for the lions going on the COVID list. Like is, is the season in flux here? I, I don't, I think as long as they can put a product on the field, they're going to keep doing it because there's money in it. Um, I don't think like, I think unless you start getting the play, like getting close to the playoffs and you start seeing, uh, like quarterbacks or like superstar players getting COVID, like not that, you know, obviously Matt Stafford quarterback, but like more so for the playoffs um, regular season, they're just going to roll with it. I think um, just kind of, I just think there's too much money in it. They don't, they don't want to stop. And plus like, they don't want to even fucking change anything for concussions. And there's actually like science for that. The NFL doesn't give a fuck. They don't care about their players. They're just like, it's just a money-making machine. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's next man up type mentality. I don't see how they would cancel the season unless, like, governors, like, lock down their states. I do think they but, should maybe start thinking about doing a bubble for the playoffs, though, like, similar to the NBA. Yeah, I think it's more of a product issue um, because if they kind of if, – if the spikes keep happening and travel is a concern in the playoffs, like – you know, like let's say the Lions turn things around, they're ten and six, and they're the sixth or seventh team, and and then you know, like a team like that, and Stafford, like a like a Stafford esque type player, is just out, and the team's done, and now you have a dud game in the wild card playoffs. playoffs. Yeah, so. yeah, I I just think I think they're they're going to just try uh, to do it, but if they implement a bubble maybe it's possible then for the playoffs, but it's still the NFL has got it probably harder than any other sport considering just the sheer amount of players on each team. And it's obviously yeah. a very physical sport stadiums. Yeah. That, that too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where they would do it. Yeah. All right. Let's go into odds versus SPY. Terry takes you are up first this week. We are going snake draft three games each. And we're going to start to get back on track here in week nine. Terry, back, your first pick. Back on track. Uh, my first pick is in the NFC South. I'll give me the New Orleans, Nolans. I apologize, Nolans Saints. Uh, four and a half at the Tampa Bay Bucks. I am going against one of my rules about betting on old quarterbacks with diminished arm strengths who play indoors on road and then go on the road to go play outdoors as Drew, as I've been doing against Phil Rivers, which has been successful for the most part. Um, but the Saints won the first matchup. Um, obviously, the teams are in two different – that was the Bucks' first game with Tom Brady. So the teams are kind of – two different places now or the saints are still hanging on. They're not as impressive as people you know, necessarily thought they were going to be in terms. They're still winning the game. It's just not as, you know, convincingly needing overtime against the bears last week. Bucks 
obviously have hit their stride, had a little scare on Monday night, perhaps a little look ahead game uh, for them against the Giants uh, for this game. Uh, I just think four and a half for these two talented teams uh, is a little much um, for a game that's, you know, probably going to come down to the, the last possession here, um, especially if uh, with uh, Chris Godwin, uh, he's questionable. See if he plays for the Bucks. Um, you see, he is kind of like the the Edelman, uh, the Tampa Bay Edelman for Tom Brady. Uh, when he's on the field, the offense goes, and when he's not, uh, teams seem to key on Mike Evans. But you saw, you did see Gronk getting more involved in the offense as each week goes by. So it's it's not. He's not as big as a focal point, but still, I think you need Chris Godwin and on the field and make that offense hum. Um, so give give me give me the the Saints, and I can't wait to lose this bet when uh, it's like third and ten, and the Saints need to convert, and fucking Sean Payton puts Taysom Hill in. So. Yeah, I I the Saints are in an interesting spot. I do think that this is a game that you would look at. And I think four and a half over that hook is, is a good play. Uh, my brother actually called me on the saints today and he said, uh, do you still feel good about them? And I said, I do, they have not played well and they're sitting at five and two and they have a chance to go two and oh against their rival in the division. And I like teams that kind of get hot down the stretch and they still have not gotten Mike Thomas back and had an offense at full strength. So um, I like that you're back in the States. Yeah, I really do. Thank you. I am going to go my first pick. I'm going to the, the well that keeps on giving the NFC East. I think I have a good feel for this division. Uh, I played two, <laughs> two games two weeks ago, uh, went to an O and I am going back to my favorite team and the team that I'm actually backing to win the division. And it's going to be, the Washington football team minus two and a half against the New York Giants. Giants Giants coming off a short week. The football team coming off a bye week. This is, I think, going to be the Antonio Gibson breakout game. I think he broke out a little bit last week, but I think you'll see kind of his full star potential this week. Uh, They have a lot of playmakers on this team in McLaurin, in Logan Thomas, in Antonio Gibson. And I think that another week with just preparation from Rivera against a Giants team that is kind of reeling from a game where they kind of outperformed against the Bucks. Now they kind of come back, play an in-division rival that has a very good defense and is just waiting for them because this is a very important game in positioning for the playoffs, as crazy as it sounds for both teams with um i think the redskins are at not the redskins the football team two and five and the giants at one and seven um it's you know it's a big game but the football team has the fourth ranked dvoa uh dvoa defense and i think offensively you give rivera some time he's a coach that i trust in these small games uh these kind of short spread games where it's under three 
and he's been the best in the league, one of the best in the league with Tomlin and Belichick in these close games. So I'm back in Rivera against the team that I think has overperformed last week and a short week coming up, the Washington football team, minus two and a half. All right. So uh, I'm going to be taking, uh, which is maybe not a super big surprise, but I'm going to be taking the Steelers minus 13 and a half against the Cowboys. Um, I just can't. I was like looking at this game and I thought about betting the Cowboys because they're just getting so many points, but with Dalton out, they're not even going back to Danucci. It sounds like it looks like they're looking at one of their other quarterbacks that they have on the roster. Um, Super rush. They have any, yeah. I don't think they've even said which one they're going to use. So considering that, uh, considering the Steelers defense, which is, you know, number two in, uh, I believe it's number two in DVOA. Who does number two work for? <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, it's not like the Steelers, like we talked about before this, I'm not going to beat a dead horse. The Steelers, it's not like their offense is outstanding. Yeah, dude, Peter, man. But, uh, but Dallas is 24th in defensive and de- defensive DVOA. I just struggle to see this Cowboys team really putting up much of any points. And I think that the Steelers are going to be able to win this game uh, by two touchdowns. So um, I'm going to take the Steelers minus 13 and a half. The question is, Mm-hmm. With the line set at two and a half, will Mike McCarthy? How many trick plays will Mike McCarthy use that he's gotten from his drunk high school friends hmm. over Zoom? I would say that two they. And a half. I'm going to say under, but I am going to say that they use Wildcat. I'm going to say they use the Wildcat with Zeke. More than five times. Are you really back on a team to go 0-9 against the spread? Yeah. I just can't. I cannot. I was looking at it, and I think that people are going to be betting on the Cowboys because they're going to see the line. They're going to know they're 0-8 against the spread, and I still don't think it's high enough against the Steelers. This is such a Mike Tomlin letdown game. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I this like, is a Mike I, Tomlin yeah, sweat it out. Nervous. I'm a little nervous, but I'm gonna do it. This is <laughs> yeah. This is this is Mike Tomlin on Monday night against the winless Dolphins. When Ryan Fitzpatrick gets out to a quick 14 rock lead. <laughs> yeah, but they don't. The Cowboys don't have Ryan Fitzpatrick. If they had Ryan Fitzpatrick, totally different ball game here. They got Cooper Rush, man. <laughs> the lap of the base. Um, so that's that's what I'm rolling with. Then the second pick is going to be uh Seahawks minus two and a half. Oh, another uh, huge surprise. Another huge surprise. But I think that you might be able to back this because it would be a fade of the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, no, really- this is this is a good spot, and it's gonna be yeah. annoying again. I just checked both of your rules and they comport with both rules of Joe's and of Dom's. <laughs> <laughs> This, so this Seahawks, Seahawks, Seahawks are likely going to be seven and one after this game, and yeah. I do not look at them as a seven and one team at all. But I love them. Uh, go Birds! So my thing is here. Uh, I saw in an in an article on the Action Network, uh, Pete Carroll. He's twenty four in his twenty four East Coast games at one o'clock. He's fourteen seven and three against the spread. Um, and I ran some algos, and when the line moves for Russell Wilson as a visitor. He's 13, eight and two against the spread. Um, so I think this game, the total keeps going, climbing up a little bit. I think that this game is going to be a shootout 
and uh, I'm going to take the better quarterback. I'm not convinced that Josh Allen is necessarily good. And if I think this is going to be a shootout and the game is really going to rely on the quarterbacks, there's a 100% chance I'm taking Russell Wilson under a touchdown. Um, and I think as a pod, or at least sort of some of us as a pod are not totally sold on the bills yet. Uh, and I like, I would pr- much prefer to take the Seahawks uh, under three points here. So Seahawks minus two and a half. Yeah. I'm with it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the bills um, could win this game. Honestly. We'll see. I think it'll be a high scoring game. I am going to take the Houston Texans minus six and a half at home hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, This is a buy on Deshaun Watson and the Texans and a sell on the 31st ranked in DVOA Jacksonville Jaguars. They have no defense. And I think the offensive style of play you see in Houston is just kind of let Deshaun Watson do what he can do. Uh, Houston still ranked 20th, even at one and six. They're ahead of teams like the Cleveland Browns at five and three and the Las Vegas Raiders at four and three in DVOA. Um, You know, obviously Romeo Cornell doesn't inspire great confidence in um, getting things done. But I think that this is a game. This is a game I was eyeing for a while. Just I think that this is, you know, off a of bye. Deshaun Watson, you know, Will Fuller didn't get traded. Probably going to stay healthy or be a little fresher off the bye week. And I think this Jaguars defense is pretty terrible. And I think that this is going to be a blowout. And Deshaun Watson is going to have a great game. So, are you back. not? Are you not concerned about Oregon State Beaver? All, all great quarterback Jake Luton no. coming out and blowing the doors off your Texans. <laughs> I am not no. Okay, just checking. Uh, okay. Sixth round, sixth round pick. Um, yeah, I like. I I think Minshew is actually pretty solid. So. Pretty legit this year. I don't. He's he's kind of a good backdoor cover guy. You put a rookie quarterback in here, like I think the backdoor cover is closing the back door. Yeah, you're closing the back door. Nice. Hmm. Back door is locked. Interesting. Good to know before uh, we start the weekend. Um. Okay. My turn. Uh. With my second pick, I will take the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders uh, at plus one. Uh, they're traveling to the San Diego Superchargers. The team we just discussed are the Atlanta Falcons of the AFC. Uh, they have lost their, or their what, three and four in their last four games when they've had a double digit lead. Um, and I think last week is going to be a bit of a, kind of a heartbreaker. You saw the national media kind of picking up on the Chargers' struggles to, to close games. So there's a little more questions about that. Um, and you saw the Raiders, you know, win a tough game in Cleveland um, with the weather conditions. They have a pretty good offense. I mean, it's, it's strength on strength, the Raiders' offense and the Chargers' uh, defense. Um, and I just think – 
in this situation, I, I do think the Raiders are a more, more talented squad. Um, they're going to be, I think there's going to be some points in this game. And I think John Gruden's a pretty good coach. Um, so uh, in this division game, rookie quarterback, you know, Herbert's playing pretty, pretty damn well. I, Gruden makes sure to minimize Carr's mistakes. Um, whereas, you know, Herbert's going to, could throw for three touchdowns, but he could also, you know, fumble or, you know, he's going to throw an interception. So I think it's going to be a close game. I think the Raiders come out on top um, against, you know, a team that might be a little hungover from the, from their uh, blowing their lead in Denver. There's a, there's a plus one and a half out there. There is. I would grab that too, but it might be gone because it's pretty juiced up. And I don't need that half point, yo. <laughs> uh, my last pick, uh, a familiar pick. I faded them last week as an emotional hedge. The Miami Dolphins against the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals dealing with a little COVID situation on their defense. If there's a lot of talk about Tua didn't play didn't play great. He didn't look particularly comfortable, but again, he hasn't played football really in over a year. Uh, there's definitely some nerves, some adrenaline. Um, and then the Dolphins kind of just jumped out to a 21-point lead at that point, you know, facing Aaron Donald. You don't really need to ask Tua to do anything or you don't really need it, want him to do anything. One for injury, two, just going into this week, the Cardinals still don't really have any tape on Tua because um, they didn't really show anything or have to show anything. They, I think they ran one RPO, um, which was supposed to be a big part of the offense, but they didn't have to run it because they were up by so much. Uh, so I think, you know, Tua is going to improve against the Cardinals defense. It's not particularly great. They don't have a great pass rush with um, Chandler Jones out for the year. Uh, two is going to have time to operate. Uh, there, there could be some points out there. Dolphins have the number one scoring defense in the NFL. So, you know, with uh, Byron Jones and Xavier Howard healthy, you, you have two, you know, all pro corners that can match up uh, on DeAndre Hopkins. So I, th- I think the, the Dolphins are going to be able to, to neutralize the offense, the Cardinals offense a little bit here. Um, it's just going to be how well they're able to contain um Kyler Murray's rushing ability um, has, as, they, as they struggled, you know, week two uh, against the Bills. or Well, they struggled week one against Cam Newton, the Patriots, and then week two against the Bills. Um, so, I mean, I think the defense has taken stride since then. So, you know, going, going across the country, a little worrisome, but uh, I'll, take, I'll take the four and a half points here uh, for, you know, for every Dolphins game has been – been a one possession game so uh i'll i'll take give me the points here shock the world could be a letdown game i you know they should really not have i think dominated that game at the rams as much as they did uh, a little bit of turnover luck and the rams just came out flat but um i'm rooting for you i'm pulling for you i really am hey the rams um, are win I, I have the Dolphins to win the division tickets. So I the, uh, the Rams ran like not, 92 plays on offense. 
because of all the turnovers and the um, bonds, like the punt return. Right. My final pick, I'm actually going to go out on a limb here and fade the team we were talking about in the beginning of this uh, NFL week nine um, or yeah, week nine. And I'm going to take the Colts plus two and a half against the Baltimore Ravens. I think that the Ronnie Stanley injury is very big. And I think you saw a frustrated Baltimore team um, towards the end of that game without Stanley. Um, they're not going to have, it's, it's basically the same team. They're not going to have Ingram. They're going to be relying on Dobbins and Edwards the entire game. I think Dobbins is a great player. It's good. Yeah. Probably, probably going to be the RB one there next year. Um, unless Harbaugh just kind of keeps running these, this RB, uh, by committee kind of thing. But I think the Colts are defensively very similar to the Steelers. I think that if the Steelers have the number one defense in the NFL, uh, the Colts are right up there with them. Um, I think the Steelers get a little more pressure, but I think the, uh, the Colts might might just be up there with them. Uh, the the Colts are the third ranked team in DVOA defensively. Pittsburgh second defensively. Tampa Bay first. Um, I just think that the Colts took care of business in Detroit last week. This is a a team that you know both five and two teams here, and I'm taking the home dog here. Uh, I think these teams are very comparable in the AFC East uh, in the AFC uh, playoff picture. I think that they are going to be teams that are jockeying for playoff position um, at the end of the season, because I think they will both be right in the mix of winning their divisions. And this is just a game that I always fire on. If there are two even teams and there's a home dog involved, I'm taking the home dog. Uh, but I do think the matchup's good here um, just because defensively the Ravens struggled against a team very similar to them last week. And I think it's just another frustrating game as they try to move on in this 2020 life when the offense without their best, um, arguably their best player. Um, I will, I will say that because you know how much I love offensive line. Bless you. Thank you. Uh, so my last, I pick, like the pick. I like the pick. I like the pick too. Uh, the- Colts, it's indoors. It's indoors. They're undefeated at home. People don't know that. Now we do. Um, my last pick is a little weird, uh, but we're going to be taking the Panthers team total over 20 against the Chiefs. Um, I like this team total. They're actually 12th in offensive DVOA uh, this season, and they they should be getting Christian McCaffrey back this week, um, which is, although Mike Davis has been good, uh, in his absence, I think that that's obviously a boost to this offense. Um, maybe they can use, utilize both of them uh, moving forward to some extent. Uh, I, I can't see how this, that's a bad thing for them. Um, also, the, you know, the Chiefs are ranked 28th in rush defense based on DVOA. So I think that they're, the Panthers, who have been averaging 22 points a game, uh, they'll be able to, you know, this is going to be a high-scoring game, I think. And uh, I think that they're going to easily put up 20 points. Um, I don't necessarily know if they're going to be able to cover, uh, even though the spread is 10 and a half. Um, but I do see them putting up 20 points here, uh, getting Christian McCaffrey back. And, uh, you know, the Chiefs are prone to explosive plays. So they can be a little bit more time, a couple of extra possessions. Uh, and I think you're able to get there. 
Um, so Panthers team total over 20. Yeah, I think you sold me. I, I really do. I, I think you, you know, you said it was a weird bet at the beginning and I was kind of holding my breath, but it's, uh, it's a, I like it. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Under three, Under three touchdowns. So not bad. All right. That is it for this week's odds versus SPY picks. Again, we are going back on track this week. We lost four out of, uh, we went four and five last week. Terry's picks, New Orleans plus four and a half, Las Vegas plus one, Miami plus four and a half. My picks, Washington minus two and a half, Houston minus six and a half, Indianapolis plus two and a half, Joe's picks, Pittsburgh minus 13 and a half, Seattle minus two and a half. Is that two and a half or three and a half? Uh, two and a half. Seattle minus two and a half, and the Carolina team total over 20 and a half. So those are our picks. Just 20. Oh, it's just 20? Yeah. Nah, maybe I should on a uh, FanDuel. Okay. Those are our picks. Um, play them. I, I actually have gotten texts from some some listeners saying that they like when uh, they just like having the full spread of games and they kind of just mix and match and put their own parlays in with our picks. So. <laughs> um, and some of their own kind of round robins there, but. Uh, thank you for listening, and we're going to have a good week this week with the NFL. Pause and Rex to take us out. Anybody? Producer Corey, how are you doing? Uh, I'm going to recommend you just go ahead and buy yourself that thing you wanted. Whatever that okay. is. I just did it. Uh, I did it as we were recording. I bought myself a new TV. Very excited. The dopamine hit was fantastic. I really needed it after the last two days. Um, I'm now looking uh, at new guitars. So, you know, I would say don't get carried away with it like I'm about to, but just buy yourself something nice. You know, I was on the fence, but I'm gonna I'm gonna click uh confirm for this Russian wife. So thank you. <laughs> there you go. Now you'll be happy forever. <laughs> yeah. Is that your recommendation, Terry? Uh Russian wives? Yeah. Uh no. Um <laughs> uh, my recommendation uh, is uh, to disconnect, disconnect to reconnect. After I've been on Twitter for countless hours, the past forty-eight hours, and you know, after after this election's decided, maybe take a break, delete off my phone, maybe go out into the wilderness. Who knows if I'll come back? I'll go for a hike, buddy. Maybe. So that's my so, advice. Disconnect to reconnect. I like it. I like it. Disconnect again to reconnect. It's an endless cycle. Time is a flat circle. Since we're going like holistic, I guess I will recommend after um, fighting a medical battle last week, I'm going to recommend just to stay hydrated and drink liquids. Um, Gatorade was my friend the last week, but uh, until like you're like, yours. <laughs> until you're like really trying to drink liquid you realize how much and like you're like losing liquids you realize how much you um can drink and how much it's important to you so i'm going with uh liquid and hydration okay well speaking of liquid um although some are more viscous than others it's fucking soup season it's getting a little cold i think that you got to start recommending soups um you know i just I fell into, or I didn't, I didn't fall into, but I you was, fell into soup. I was given a crock pot. Are you okay? I was Did given you get a crock burned. Pot. And no, I didn't get burned. 
Um, but I did, I am going to make some soup in it uh, for the first time. And I've just had some soup tonight. I had a little bit of a minestrone soup. It was great. And uh, it's a way to, you know, stay full, but also still like, you know, uh, you're not overeating. Um, it gives you that warm, fuzzy feeling inside, but uh, you can keep it healthy. So um, it's soup season. My favorite soup is split pea soup. So I am going to take a, like a, a try at that. Take a stab. Most vicious of all the soups. This texture. Is, dude, it's awesome. It's a great soup. You're 95 uh, years I, old. I, I, sometimes I think so. Um, but it's just I like a regular soup too, like too, too light. It'll leak out of your butt. Yeah. Like I just, I don't like <laughs> the, like Joe versus split, liquids split pea soup needs to be viscous. I'm out on the ham in it. I think that you just need to coat the pan with bacon grease. <laughs> um, I, instead very of the, descriptive. The pan, I'm in. So soup season recommend soups, have whatever soup you desire. But my favorite is split pea. Do you want to say soup one more time? Soup. I'm soup. Hey, thank you. I'm yeah. soup. What's your favorite kind of soup, Terry? My favorite kind of soup? Uh, I mean, I think I'm partial to just, you know, when you're out at a brewery, like a nice beer cheese soup. Mm. It's mm. like, like if you're looking for a treat, like that's, that's what I would treat myself with. You feel like shit after. Yeah. It speeds you up. Yeah. How about you, sick boy? Um, depends on the season. In the summer, I like a little seafood kind of gazpacho. Soup in the summer. Um, Wild. I I do like a nice lentil soup, kind of just a hearty vegetable. Um, Stuff stuff with barley in it, you know? Oh, beef barley soup. Beef barley soup. Ooh, I can't just screams it's the middle of February. <laughs> I can't do cream um as much, so my soups are limited to vegetable base. So um no clam chowder for you guy. Yeah. What's your what's your favorite? Probably clam chowder. I knew it. I knew it. So much sense. Can't I take, love can't take to, a New England to, out of the boy. But you can that take was, that was a problem I had England. before I went there. I uh, I love to rate restaurants based on just their soup. Wow. Give me a cup while I wait for my food, and if it sucks, I'm out. I'm not gonna yelp about it. I probably won't even tell anybody. Oh, or that. All right. It's All right. <laughs> soup season. Soup season. Week nine. <laughs> NFL. Thank you for listening. We will see you next week for the Oddscast podcast. David DeLeo, Joe Delara, Terry Takes, producer Corey. See you next week. God bless. Fins up. I'm in love with the coco. I'm in love with the coco. I got it for the lolo. I'm in love with the coco. I'm in love with the coco. I'm in love with the coco. I got it for the lolo. Turn up. I'm in love with the coco. Hit my plug, that's my cholo. Cause he got it for the lolo. If you snitching, I go loco. Hit you with that 38. Nigga, 
just thinking that I'm solo. 50 deep, they like, oh no. No, 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 please don't. No. Heard the fans taking photos. I know nothing but the popo. Baking soda, I got baking soda. Baking soda, I got baking soda. Whip it through the glass, nigga. I'm blowing money fast, nigga. I'm in love with the coco. I'm in love with the coco. I got it for the lolo. I'm in love with the coco. I'm in love with the coco. I'm in love with the coco. I got it for the lolo. Turn up. I'm in love with the coco. 36, that's a kilo. Need a break, miss my free throw. I'm in love just like Neo. Busting shots, now he Neo. Free my homies, fuck the CEO. Fuck the judge, fuck my P.O. All this talk like a Nino. Water whip like a Nemo. Baking soda, I got baking soda. Baking soda, I got baking soda. Whip it through the glass, nigga. I'm blowing money fast, nigga. I'm in love with the coco. I got it for the lolo. I'm in love with the coco. I'm in love with the coco. I'm in love with the coco. I got it for the lolo. Turn up. I'm in love with the coco.